You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today I've got Great Lakes Migration Editor Jay Anglin back on the show. Jay, welcome back, man. It's always good to be here, buddy. Yeah, and, and I wanted to get Jay on the show. Um, you know, as far as Great Lakes, you know, duck hunting and things are really winding down, even in some of the southern areas of the region. Um, but you know, there's some really good potential for goose hunting, and Jay kind of has his uh, has his ear to the ground there, and especially even in like northern Indiana. Um, Jay, what's going on up there? We'll start in Indiana and then just kind of rotate around the region. Well, you know our our dark goose season, Canada's inspects is uh, open and runs through uh, the second week of February. Uh, Michigan's closed, but it opens back up, uh, I believe, next week and then runs through the same uh, Sunday in February. There's Indiana, but uh, we've we've got a lot of dark geese around, in particular Canada's. Most of the specs that we did have, there was you know compared to what some places in the country are used to, it's a smidgen, but we had enough to make it interesting. They're gone, so it's all Canada's couple different you know two or three different you know subspecies but uh there's a lot of them i mean there's huge concentrations of you know any given place i traveled quite a bit yesterday and it, just about every area where i went there was anywhere from 500 to a thousand you know dark geese on any given roost um in our biggest issue right now which is sort of like a broken record this season it seems like is is the appropriate conditions you know the weather just isn't cooperating most days um, clearly these birds are very well fed. Um, uh, they, most of the time they graze. It's a rare occasion that they're really, really jumping into the corn stubble big time. Uh, we have almost no snow. Uh, and again, plenty of open roosts for them to, to, you know, to, to be here for the long, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. Um, get a nice mix of birds that are, Little birds, big birds. Uh, I was lucky enough to harvest a couple banded birds last week that were from uh, Pawanak, Ontario, up on Hudson Bay. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but things are going great. I think guys that are out scouting or uh, and planning accordingly are, are, are pretty much guaranteed some success right now as far as Canada goose hunting goes, for sure. Yeah, and, and while you guys are holding, you know, pretty big numbers of Canada geese there in the northern Indiana region. I mean, the same really goes for, you know, northern Illinois and even, you know, southern Michigan still has quite a few. And and I think, if I, I believe, they're still hunting up there in southern Michigan, are they not? No, they don't. They don't uh, open up until I believe it's next. I believe it's next Saturday, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, but then it runs again until the second week in February. It overlaps Indiana's dates for a few weeks, which – for border jumpers like me that used to take advantage of that, you know, they've kind of overlapped them. So it's not nearly as advantageous as it used to be, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, Illinois had 
and, and still has an incredible number of Canada geese in the Chicagoland area in particular. Northern Illinois is just stacked with Canada's. And um, I, I don't see any reason for them to be leaving anytime soon. But I am, I am hearing reports in central Indiana, central Illinois, and even down south that some of these birds, after a few cold nights, and probably if I had to guess, crowding on the roost, they just thought, you know, what the heck. They fly two or three hours and and find another spot so to, to hang out. So, you know, there's there, there's birds all over the place for sure. But we are really, in my opinion, at this latitude, we're kind of ground zero for Canada's right now, all the way into the it's it's looking like from the reports I'm reading all the way into the central flyway. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, just some of my buddies that hunt there in central Indiana, you know, they picked up some Canada geese right there around Christmas, maybe that week right between New Year's. And you guys were like extremely cold and picked up some snow right there in that week, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, everything lined up. All, all Everything was, you know, the pressure in Michigan and uh, kind of the guys getting their last uh, licks in on them. And they just kind of jumped right over us. Now, we were already holding a fair number of birds anyway, but we definitely lost a few briefly. But then we picked up a whole bunch more out of Michigan. So it, it, it's it, this is a very common uh, scenario up here. I mean, these are birds that are likely not going to leave um, if we get really, really bad Arctic conditions and just frigid cold for several days, and, and in particular snow cover that's say over six to eight inches. We'll lose, you know, half. But in my experience, as soon as it thaws, they come right back. So they don't go very far south. It's, 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 and it's the same with the ducks right now, Chris. I mean, I, I, when I was traveling around yesterday, I kind of hit some of my little honey holes to look and see what was going on. And there's a lot of mallards and blacks right now at this latitude. And these are the birds that winter here. I know it's a lot of guys hope they'll move on, but my whole life, of being a waterfowl hunter for several de decades. I, I mean, these birds just don't leave. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's no hunting pressure, which is really going to keep them here. But really any open ditch that has water crests adjacent to crops, uh, rivers, of course, um, sometimes spring holes and lakes. But everywhere I looked, there was there was big fat mallards and, and a handful of black ducks. So we're, we're, we've really settled into our, you know, winter pattern here for sure. Yeah, and with the mild conditions that you guys have had, uh, that's certainly not surprising at all. Um, I do want to note, note something, and I'm not sure if you saw it, and it was a video that someone shot up in like Harsons Island off right off the river there. And they're like, look at all these ducks. And it was just amazing to see these clouds of ducks up there. Um, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, middle of January and, and these birds are just in mass, like stacked up on the river and they're not going anywhere. You know, there's not, I, you know, I say that they, they could, um, but it's just something for hunters to think about as, as you kind of talk about the overall, you know, migration when these birds get somewhere, especially mid latitude. And that would, I would consider a little, little more than mid latitude, a little further north there. Um, are you hearing anything from that area, you know, where they're still holding tons of birds? Yeah. So that video was shot literally like a couple blocks from a really good friend of mine's house. And, um, you know, I've hunted that area extensively for a couple of decades and it's not terribly unheard of to see those kinds of rafts of bluebills and canvasbacks and redheads at this stage. If the lakes remains open, uh, typically by now, St. Clair has quite a bit of ice. Uh, the St. Clair River and the Detroit River will get start to get pack ice. Um, and eventually when the shipping 
shuts down, uh, you know, the Great Lakes freighters and, and the Coast Guard stops keeping the channels open, you know, you'll get ice to stabilize. So it, it's nothing to see several thousand cans and redheads in a hole in the middle of the river. Uh, but to see that many bluebills out on Anchor Bay and and uh, the river is is pretty astounding. Uh, um, again, it's not unprecedented, but it just really kind of drives home what we've been experiencing this season. And I think the guys down south really need to understand that, you know, Lake Michigan's wide open, absolutely covered with bluebills. Lake St. Clair, pretty much wide open. Lake Erie, wide open. We're talking vast, vast areas of, of air, you know, where they can, they have food and they have water. And the only thing that's going to drive them out really at this point is frigid conditions. And looking at the forecast, nothing is looking like it. That's going to. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. You know, as, as we kind of progress into these late Canada goose seasons and then into the snow goose seasons, and, and you obviously have had some success. Like you said, you, you shot some birds last week, had a real good hunt. Um, what are some of the tactics that you're using for some of these late season geese? Is it, are you changing anything up or is it very similar to what you were doing two weeks ago? Well, you know, there's two theories I'm noticing around here. You have a whole generation or, you know, just a whole group of guys that want to hunt with A-frame style blinds uh, with, you know, uh, silhouettes. And, you know, they're running huge spreads, 10, 15, 20 dozen silhouettes. They're light. They're easy to put out. Um you know, the vertical tilling that these farmers are utilizing now really leaves no stubble, no crop stubble, nothing really to hide in. So finding a field edge, a grass patch, a drain tile head, anything that differentiates the pattern of just a wide open, you know, uh, sort of homogenous looking field. Uh, when you have an edge where two different crops meet or even two different types of, uh, of cut meets, you know, anything that can change that helps immensely. I personally, I hunted, I had a very successful hunt with another group of guys uh, over in North Central Indiana last week. And we hunted out of A-frames. Uh, we had, I think, three tied together uh, in the snow, everything hot, hot, hot X field. And we got our birds, you know, I think there was eight of us and we shot our limits and um, it was great. But the birds weren't finishing the way I sort of really, you know, all of us want them to, uh, they would come in and they weren't flaring hard, but they weren't finishing really well. So what I'm doing a combination, if I can find any snow in a field, I'll wear a Tyvek suit, get rid of the blind altogether and just lay flat. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of old school, but it really works well. Uh, in particular, if you don't have like six guys, you know, I'm talking with my son and I, or maybe three people. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I'm using a real, you know, just regular layout blind. And then typically what I do is even in fields with no cover is I'm putting silhouettes around the outside of the blind. And then I'm running really a combination of either full bodies and, and, uh, shells, sleeper rester shells, or if I have a little bit of precipitation, I will run maybe a hundred or 150, uh, silhouettes in combination with those full bodies to fatten it up. 
But these birds are some of the toughest Canada's I've ever hunted. They're absolutely acting more like snow geese every year. They go around behind us. They do crazy stuff. Uh, the main roost I'm hunting right now, they've been in 10 different fields in five days. That's insane. Yeah, so they're definitely not not patterning well, uh, or ac- actually not patterning to be convenient to hunt, I guess I should say. Um, you know, what about specs? You know, you uh, we kind of talked before we came online that you guys in northern Indiana really lost the majority of your white fronts um, with that last big cold front. Yeah, they moved on. Uh, and I, again, I, I, you know, there's no science behind it that's to my knowledge, but when our sand hills left and we were holding tens of thousands of them, and they left on the leading edge. And then during that cold spell, the specks disappeared with them. Um, I think it's just because they prefer similar habitats and, and, and feeding, you know, uh, areas, but nonetheless, they all boogied. And, uh, and that was that, I mean, I've heard, I think one guy last week said he heard a couple. So there's a few holdouts, but those, those I think ended up in Southern Indiana, you know, Western Kentucky, maybe Southern Illinois, because you know how they are. I mean, it's not like they just fly 50 miles like Canada's. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they got, they got to move. <laughs> yeah. I actually heard specs over my house last night in Memphis, which is, uh, you know, pretty rare for this time of year. Usually they're coming and going October, November, and then out February, late January. Well, you know, even first week of February, really. Um, but last night I had them and I think we, we had a pretty, pretty predominant south wind and i think they just took the opportunity to ride it from somewhere out of mississippi and they just kept on going north um you know are you hearing anything from ohio i know that uh kind of northern ohio region they hold a lot of candidates and uh you know they have some great opportunities there as well as far as late season um, you hearing anything over there yeah it sounds like they have you know as usual uh big pockets of birds uh that they can pick on you know ohio's blessed with some nice big rivers and some big reservoirs and of course lake erie in the north but uh, I would say those urban areas, you know, like Dayton and Columbus are probably holding a lot from what, well, I've heard that. And also it's usually the case this time of year. Um, you know, and, and the bottom line is I'm hearing, you know, a lot of guys are seeing a lot of ducks in Ohio. And, uh, that again, is the same as, you know, the situation here. Um, if the marshes and Lake Erie start to freeze, we pick up some of those birds, but really, the, the, the hardiest mallards in this flyway tend to ride that freeze line, snow line. And we're right at, we're probably right on the southern edge of it, actually. But, uh, we're seeing, you know, everywhere we go. And I know guys in Ohio and in Illinois are seeing the same thing. There's lots of, lots of ducks. And I, I don't think many of those ducks really ever have to go too much further south. These are the wintering birds we see, but, they're hanging out with the Canadas, you know, they work together. I mean, well, well, at least the mallards work with the Canadas. They go out and push through snow and get down to crop stubble. But really, you know, we just don't have any snow of any magnitude in most areas. And so the birds are, are just, they're good to go. They can, they can stay here for the, for the, for the foreseeable future for sure. Yeah, no, those are, those are definitely words that, uh, you know, hunters in, in more southern climates, uh, do, do not want to hear you say is that we just don't have any snow because it plays such a, a massive impact on, on pushing birds. And, and I know even those, those hunters there in central Indiana and central Illinois who would like to key in on some of those candidates, uh, man, it's tough to get those big birds to move. Um, without any snow cover. They're uh, about as hardy as it gets. And then, like you said, all it takes is one big reservoir 
um, next thing you know, they're, you know, they're just going to hang out. So, um, you know, it is a little bit frustrating, but, uh, you know, we have the one, the one kind of bonus is especially that we're all looking at down here is we've got the light goose conservation order coming up. Um, have you kind of heard any guys whispering or, you know, heard of anybody saying, oh man, you know, we're definitely holding some, some white geese right now. Um, I know my buddies in central Indiana who, you know, never used to see snows. They're, uh, they're actually holding some snows right now, which is really surprising. Um, not surprising for the last few years, but, you know, surprising overall, but they're holding pretty good numbers of snows. Are you, are you seeing any of them up there in your area or hearing from anybody? I, I haven't seen a snow goose in quite a while up here. Um, I know Indiana areas that have tended to hold snows the past few years uh, are holding birds for sure. Uh, and, and that goes to some degree for Illinois as well. Um, you know, those birds tend to hop that Wabash River back and forth. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take but one heavy south wind and boom, you've got birds. So that come from your backyard or wherever down there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think the snow thing, it, it's kind of been like the Canada's. The guys I know that have been kind of paying attention, they're telling me they're very difficult to pattern. They're not feeding heavily. You know, so they're content to just go pick grass and hang out. Uh, so they'll find a little reservoir or a, a pit somewhere that has a little grass growing and just go loaf all day uh, and then head back to some main roost somewhere. So, you know, these colder temperatures are going to help, um, you know, at night in particular because they, they start to burn more calories. So they're, they're wintering further north all the time, and it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're definitely designed and geared towards surviving and, uh, pushing further and further north as far as wintering goes is, is, you know, it seems to be their key to success. And I know down here, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday about, you know, the upcoming snow goose season. We're kind of planning for Arkansas. And, you know, we're like, man, you know, it could be like a few years ago where, you know, 65 degrees in a south wind and they're blowing birds north. Uh, the last week of January and our snow goose season in Arkansas is pretty much done by about February 10th. Um, or, you know, they could be here, you know, I've shot them over around Stuttgart middle of March, you know, the back end of the, the migration. So you never really know. It's all going to depend on the weather. And, and I think it's, you know, that's not going to change anything, you know, as far as our approach, obviously, but, um, you know, it's always good to hear that those great lake states are, are, prepared and, and some guys are fired up about it for sure. Well, one thing I will say is when it comes to these snows, they, you know, the, the theory that the juvies go further south into Mississippi and Southern Arkansas and whatnot, Texas, you know, that, that just doesn't bear out anymore. I know for a fact, and I have very close contacts, you know, in the Southern Illinois, Southern Indiana area who have told me that the juvie numbers are very high. And so that just tells you right there. I mean, if that's the northern terminus of snow goose wintering territory and you have juvies there, I mean, it's, it's just, there's people need to remember, you know, rules change. And, and certainly, you know, with our climate, the way it has been, uh, with these warmer winters, you know, uh, you, you can just be right in them. I mean, the second the thing, you know, the season opens, you can be right in the situation where you don't just have all adults. You have some juveniles to, to sort of screw things up for the adults. So uh, there's a lot more interest up here. And I think as guys get geared up and you know how gear intensive it is, uh, they'll become better at it. And then we'll have better intel coming out of those areas. So cool. Yeah. Here in a couple of weeks, we'll probably uh, have to bring you back on 
just to give us a little update of you know where that snow goose migration is you know with uh with luck for us they're uh they're still still holding down here but uh like i said all it takes is a big south wind for us and it's game over so all right jay man i appreciate you joining me and uh hey one quick update how's the fishing up there you know it's been really good i it's been a, i would call it even exceptional um you know we settle into this time of year and you just have to when it comes to steelhead great lake steelhead fishing you can catch one any given day in 34 degree water but you better be fishing that 15 20 minute period when they decide to do something so yeah it just takes a lot of time out there but yeah overall it's been great awesome well that's good to hear even if the ducks were a little slow starting out for you it sounds like the fishing worked out yeah, man, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, we'll bring you on here in a couple weeks, and we'll talk some more uh, light goose conservation order. Hey, I really look forward to it. Great being on. Thanks. I'd like to thank my guest, Jay Anglin, Ducks Unlimited's uh, Waterfowl 360 Great Lakes Migration Editor, for joining us today and providing a little update on some late goose opportunities for Great Lakes region hunters. I'd like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for doing a great job of getting the podcast put together and sent out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.